We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Daddy said he can't hear you. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Daily with you on a Monday, a Reaction Monday with Jacob Albrockton. Oh, Jed Chambers producing. Tommy, how are you this morning on a Monday morning? I'm good. A little exhausted. Took the family on vacation this yeah. weekend, and so trying to recover from that. But uh, it's a good time. Looking forward to getting into it today. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you for the next couple of hours as we uh, come out of a wild weekend. All kinds of fun stuff over the weekend. Uh, Lots of football to get through. Lots of college basketball to get through on this Monday edition of the program. Glad to be here with you. 869-1240 is the number to call if you want to get in touch with the program. Um... Well, Tommy, you, you took the trip. You took the family vacation with a young kid. I'm sure everything went just perfectly smooth and uh, no problems, no issues whatsoever, right? Uh, yeah, it was a cakewalk, right? Uh, I'm sure any parent would tell you that. You travel with little kids, it's going to be uh, just a walk in the park. No, it was not like that at all, but uh, it was fun. Uh, it was a good time, and uh, you know, you just got to kind of roll with the punches and kind of improvise when you have kids, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you don't, you know, you just... Uh... You just hold your breath. It's not a vacation at all, uh, and and parents know that. But it's fun. It's good to get away either way. Uh, busy sports weekend, no matter where you were. Um, NFL, just an unreal, silly NFL. All the overtimes, all the last-second games, all the comebacks, all of the things we saw, maybe the wildest ending to a game, at least in the conversation, uh, with the Patriots and the Raiders. You had history made with the Vikings comeback on Saturday. You had the Texans giving the Chiefs a hard time. You had the Jaguars knocking off the Cowboys in overtime. I mean, it was a silly, drunk, snot-slinging NFL Sunday um, like we haven't seen really since early in the year where we were just so confused by things. And, and we got a little of that this weekend. And that's, you know, it's it's mid-January. We're coming down the home stretch, and here we go. We start with the Chiefs. We'll get to some of the other NFL madness a little later. But, Tommy, again, a team that probably shouldn't challenge the Chiefs, challenges the Chiefs. Uh, to the Texans' credit, that's two weeks in a row. They've played really good teams tight. Um, but turnovers, penalties this time, snake-biting the Chiefs, things that they absolutely cannot do in the postseason. They continue to do now. But at the same time, historically good in the AFC West. They clinched the division. They're finding ways to win these games that teams are sort of sneaking on them. And that's been maybe their greatest skill this year, Tommy, is even when they play down to the competition, they don't let it bite them ultimately. And at the end of the day, a win's a win's a win's a win. 
Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I can speak for all the Chiefs kingdom when I say that you can feel two things at the same time. You can feel the excitement and the happiness that you clinched your seventh straight AFC West title. Uh, and then I think you can also have some significant concerns uh, about the the way that the Chiefs played, not just yesterday, but the way that they've generally played down to competition uh, that is beneath them, like the Broncos a week ago and, of course, the Texans yesterday. I came on the show on Friday. Uh, I was on vacation. We did picks, and I was on the phone, and I, I was the only one out of the three of us. I kept the receipts that said that Kansas City plays down to their competition and that they weren't going to cover a 14-point spread against the Texans. It took overtime and kind of a fluky play for Kansas City to be able to get that victory. So I think you can be happy. Both things can be true at the same time. You can be happy uh, where Kansas City is at, clinching that division, still in the running for a one seed, but also have some significant concerns about the way the Chiefs are playing right now. Careful with those receipts because you also finished last in the picks. Uh, Well, true. But we're not it's, talking about it, that. We're talking about right. that yeah, one we're particular on the game. Um, it's it is tough, and and nobody liked the line though. That was the thing, and I couldn't believe it was fourteen points again. But it's hard when you've watched the one win Texans. Like it's it's a, it's one of the most difficult things to do when you talk lines when you're making bets to to take a to take a terrible team or what had been terrible up until not this most recent game, but two di- two games ago when they took the Cowboys to the wire and. And that's where it gets a little tricky, too, when we look at yesterday's game. Like, is this, well, number one, no, the Chiefs should not play the Texans that close. I don't care how well the Texans are playing. So I'm not looking to make an excuse here, but just an NFL observation, and we all know this, yet we seem to forget it all the time, is that any team can beat any team. And we see it across the league. And the Texans now, for two weeks in a row, have played really, really well, especially by their own standard. And that's for a team that clearly would like to have the top pick and all of these things. They're still out there playing hard. Credit to Lovey Smith. Credit to those players. But you look at, like, just look inside the numbers. And, I mean, the Chiefs outgained them 502 yards. The Chiefs' defense, Tommy, only allowed 219 yards. It's these turnovers now the last couple of weeks that are killing the Chiefs. The reason these teams are sticking around is because the Chiefs continue to turn the ball over. And this is weird because we haven't really seen this, right? Like Patrick Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over. The Chiefs in the Patrick Mahomes era don't really turn the ball over. And a lot of times in the NFL, the difference between winning, winning big, and losing, it's that stat. I mean, we, we've seen it for forever. If you turn the ball over, you don't have a very good chance of winning. And And I think in a David versus Goliath and in a game where the Chiefs were better than the Texans in every single phase yet needed the end and overtime to win it, where do you go? You go to turnovers, even more than the penalties, which are also a problem. But man, those turnovers, they can't keep losing the turnover battle. And, you know, Trey Wingo has mentioned this. I think it was Trey Wingo on one of our Friday visits of the teams in clear position to make the playoffs or be whatever, the Chiefs by far have the worst turnover margin. And that's not going... They will lose in the playoffs if that continues. They will lose in the play. They're not going to win a Super Bowl if they keep turning the ball over like this. Yeah, this is 100% a team that if they don't get the turnover issues fixed right now, not only are they going to lose in the playoffs, they're going to lose in the divisional round. And I think I'm I'm wholeheartedly on that train right now if they don't get the turnover issues figured out right away. Now, the other thing that you mentioned, the yardage and how the Chiefs outgained the Texans, 
that's true. But I think that's also a little misleading because of the penalty yards that the Texans got throughout that entire game. I mean, uh, there were several different plays where the only way that the Kansas City defense was able to, you know, stop a pass from being completed or whatever was to, com- you know, commit pass interference. And so there were, you know, different drives yeah, where you got to add those in. Exactly. But even you if you all add the 120 yards, yards or whatever, it was still 500 to 350. Sure. Like it was right. And 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 we only point that out. And the I just don't want to give a bunch anything. Of- yeah, I just don't want to give a bunch of credit to the Kansas City defense by saying, well, they only gave up X number of yards. Well, yeah, but they committed a ton of penalties and extended drives for the Texans. And there were there were several drives where, you know, Davis Mills, there was that touchdown run. He looked like Michael Vick out there against the Kansas City defense. And so there are, again, I said it a week ago, we've talked about it basically all season, significant issues with the Kansas City defense. Typically, Steve Spagnola defenses get better as the season goes on. That's not really been the case with this defense so far. Now, keep in mind, Kansas City was able to force that turnover, and Willie Gay was able to force that turnover, Frank Clark, in overtime that led to Kansas City winning the game. Huge play, right? They've been opportunistic when it's mattered most, but in the normal game script, in regulation, in two weeks now, well, I, I guess like the second half of last week's game against the Broncos and all of the Texans game, the Kansas city defense got outclassed. Yeah, they're not. I still do think though. um, I still do think that the chiefs defense is going to be better than the defense. They rolled into the playoffs with last year. Um, They have time here. It's just been strange. And I don't know now with the division wrapped up, the good news for, I think, the Chiefs, and I think this is good news for the Chiefs, it's certainly good news for us, is that you know home field matters so much in the postseason. And the Chiefs, I, there's not going to be a path that they can lock that up before the final week of the season, I wouldn't think. So they're they're going to have to play all the way through and that gives the defense opportunities for reps. I mean they you know they're they're going to get Seattle, Denver and Vegas. Vegas is Vegas is going to be healthier in that last game which could get interesting and be a nice little tune up to the postseason uh, as as Vegas is is getting some guys back now but it's it's not going to be I, I guess the opportunity is there for the defense to really come out and be smothering. I mean that's that's the thing like you've got a chance here and, and look, all those yards don't mean anything. Points mean everything. The Chiefs have got to put the ball in the end zone, too. And that's been a little bit of a challenge. And they scored 30 points. And that's the, that, that's the hardest part. Like, and, and the Cowboys are going through this, as I was talking to my dad after the Cowboys game yesterday. And, and this happens when a defense is playing poorly, as the Cowboys did yesterday, and the Chiefs, to your point there, it feels like the offense isn't doing enough. But then you go back and you look at it, and you're like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't off the top of my head what the Cowboys score like, but whatever, forty points, thirty-seven 34? points yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's enough to win a football game. The Chiefs had you know twenty-four points before overtime. That ought to be enough to win a game against the Texans. Now, could it have been more? Absolutely. But when we look at those things, it's it's sometimes hard to balance. Like, yeah, the offense didn't do enough, but th- it shouldn't have mattered if the defense is playing just on you know, on its baseline level, right? The baseline level of defense of the Chiefs has to be better than giving up 24 points to the Texans. But the offense's responsibility in that is turning the ball over. Because when you do make stops and you give teams chance after chance after chance, I mean, it's a story as old as time in the NFL. 
Yeah, well, credit Patrick Mahomes because he did not throw an interception yesterday, and he played pretty flawless without yeah. him and the, the play that he had on the field. The, the Chiefs don't win that game, right? And he had been struggling with turnovers in the previous games, didn't have any. I mean, he threw three interceptions against Denver, didn't throw any yesterday. So that was good. It was just, you know, they put the ball on the ground. It was Isaiah Pacheco and Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, putting the ball on the ground, which you can't do against the Texans. Right. Uh I'll anybody. tell you one thing. Well, that's true. I'll tell you one thing that I'm tired of doing as I sit here today on, what is it, December 19th. I am tired of crossing my fingers and thinking, all right, this is going to be the week that the Kansas City defense shows up. This is going to be the week that Kansas City is going to be able to put their, their foot on the throat of the opponent, an opponent that they should boat race and they're not able to. I'm tired of thinking that because it doesn't happen, and it really hasn't happened this year. Now, keep in mind, it's great that Kansas City's getting these wins. They are division champions. I would argue that this Kansas City team, in ugly, terrible games to watch, win more of them than any other team in the NFL, right? It's a, a game that you sit there and you're like, man, that was pretty much a disaster, but somehow the Chiefs won the game. We say that a lot. We've said that multiple times this season. Like, man, how did Kansas City win that game? And they did. And you walk away and you're like, well, they got the win, uh, but it didn't really look very good. But I'm tired of sitting here and thinking this is going to be the week when Kansas City is going to be able to actually, from start to finish, dominate a team that they should dominate. That's just not the way that this team plays. It just isn't the way that it is. And my concern level, even though they're winning, don't get me wrong, it's great that they clinched the division, but my concern level when you play the Broncos and you give up the number of points in the second half that you did and escape Denver with a win by the skin of your teeth, and then it takes overtime to beat the one-win Texans, doesn't give me a lot of confidence for the way the playoffs are going to pan out. Yeah, so a couple of just things, you know, stats, uh, as I look at the Chiefs, you know, their yards per game should put them up pretty pretty well into the, the top half of the league, but their points per game is less than league average. They give up more points than league average. Why does that happen? Turnovers, I think, have something to do with that. Sure. Um, and that's and that's been the biggest challenge for them right now. The Ch Tommy, the Chiefs have the fourth worst turnover margin for the year in the NFL. Their turnover margin is minus six. They're yeah. down with New Orleans and Indianapolis and the Rams and the Bucks and the Texans and the Raiders and the Browns, right? That is why we get these lines of the defense seems to be doing a pretty good job, but then all of a sudden they're giving up 23 points a game, which I think is good for about 18th best in the league. Why is that? It's because they keep giving the offense short fields with these turnovers. I think Cincinnati losses because of a Kelsey fumble. I mean, and, and that's tough to put it on him, but I mean, those are the realities. Then you go back and look at the teams with some of the best turnover margins in football. The Eagles, the Cowboys, the Niners are the top three. The Ravens are in there, and a good reason why they're winning despite injury. The Bengals are then next. You got to go down to Buffalo, who's just plus one right now, but, you know, you're looking at the real contenders, and if there are six, which I think we think that there are, and even if you wanted to include the Vikings as a seventh team, I'm not sure that I do, uh, those are all teams in, like, the top ten in turnover margin. And then you have the Chiefs all the way down there on an island all by themselves. So there, it's, it's this weird thing where I'm beginning to think the defense 
is is probably a little bit better than we think it is, but it's being hampered points-wise because they keep turning the ball over. There seems to be a direct correlation into points scored against them to turnover margin, and they're not great. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah. it's I think it's probably a league average defense. But remember, they were far below league average last year, and we said all all off season if this can just become a decent, you know. Fine defense. League average would be fine with the way the offense plays. The Chiefs will be fine. And I still think that's the case. I still well, think that's the case. But they cannot yeah. turn the ball over like this. I'll take it a step further, though. You say a league average defense. One area where they are not a league average de- average defense is in the red zone. They are the worst red zone defense in the NFL. The worst. There's not a team worse in red zone defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. So you give the defense their their you you basically put their backs up against the wall with these turnovers. You're giving the opponent short fields against a team that has the worst red zone defense in the entire league. It's a recipe for disaster. So it's kind of the sum of all parts, right? Like the offense turns the ball over, which you can't have happen, and you're giving these inferior teams short fields to work with against a defense that is worst in the red zone, and it's going to turn out terribly uh, every single time. Uh, the the fumble, I think it was the Pacheco fumble, that turned right into a Davis Mills 17-yard touchdown scramble that put the Texans on top. You can't do that. You can't do it against the Texans. You really can't do it in the playoffs. My concern is this. You talked about the clear contenders in the NFL talked about the Eagles and the Bills Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, Niners, Cowboys Bengals, Niners, Chiefs, the, Bills. The real That's the six for me. Yeah. I am not convinced right this second as I sit here that Kansas City is in that same league. I think they I might definitely be think tier. they are. I, th- I, I, don't I think know. they definitely are. You've got a, a, a below average defense and a turnover differential that is near the bottom of the league. And you right. want to tell me that they're in the same class as the Eagles and the Niners and the Cowboys and the Bills and the Bengals. And I just don't I know. If, right this second, if you wanted right, to right elevate second, the I'm not Eagles, sure they are. if you wanted to elevate the Eagles, you can. I mean, the Cowboys lost to the Jags yesterday. If you want to elevate the Eagles, you can. Uh, but they all, you know, they struggled against the Bears yesterday. The Chiefs have the number one offense in both yards and points. Great. Cool. So, but 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 what I'm saying is, like, yes, they belong in the conversation because. Who, who, like, nobody's definitively better. Um, the Eagles could be the team if you wanted to go that route for sure. Um, the Niners, I, I mean, I, I like the Niners as much as everybody else, but right now Brock Purdy's their quarterback, and, and I think he's done a great job. But it, I'm not going to say any of those. T- the Chiefs, I, I still think this, Tommy, on a neutral field, outside of maybe Philadelphia, the Chiefs would be favored in any of those games that they played. Now that doesn't mean anything. Don't don't take that for anything other than I think they yeah, they have to be right there with them because they still have the number 1 offense and defense and if they'd stop turning the ball over, they'd have a league average uh, number 1 sorry, scoring and yardage offense. Let's get to Chris real quick and then in the next segment we're going to play you some audio uh, from the game yesterday. But Chris, Chiefs, what's on your mind? Yeah, guys, uh uh, I'm not even a Chiefs fan. I'm just take, taking this from a neutral plus perspective. Jacob, I agree 100%. Look, I think – what's your guy's name there, your friend? What's your uh, cohort's name there? Tommy. Tommy. 
the thing, Tommy, is I think that's a good thing. Here you got the Chiefs. You just said they're fourth worst in the turnover ratio, but look at their record. They're still winning. They're a division winner. If you can do that and you're turning the ball over, the chances are you're not going to continue to turn the ball over. If they just clean that up a little bit, I think that's a good thing, not a bad thing. I think every yeah, year 14, the Chiefs fans do. Sorry, Chris, we're 14 weeks into the season, and they haven't cleaned it up. So yeah. it's getting well, to the point now where what makes us think they will clean it up? Well, I don't necessarily think they need to clean it up because of their unique offense. They can they can weather this and still – I get it. If I'm a fan, and I'm like I said, I'm looking at it from a neutral perspective, but if I'm a fan of the Chiefs, sir, that worries me, just like my Miami Dolphins. that They're worrying me. But that's, that, I won't get into that. But the thing is, I just don't think that that is going to be – this is the one team with with Mahomes and with his weapons that I don't think that is as big a deal as people are making it out to be. I just don't. I agree with you. I think they're still right there with everybody else. Sure, you don't want the turnovers. You don't want – it's a bad look against the Houston Texans, but I don't think – to me, I don't look at it that way. Maybe I'm a, it's a different perspective, but this team, this team can weather that that, I think that's a good thing. Most teams can't weather that, I don't think. This team can, so that's kind of where I'm at on that. So, Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks, Chris. And I, I think the, the point is made there that you've got such a dynamic offense with Patrick Mahomes that typically we've seen this offense overcome basically everything, and I get that. And I concede that point to you that you've got a unicorn in Patrick Mahomes that can basically make anything happen and you can you know pull victory from the, from the jaws of, of a loss. So I absolutely understand that, but I also think the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And we've seen through 15 weeks now this Kansas City team turning the ball over too much and having a defense that looks like Swiss cheese a lot of times, especially in the red zone. And so if they're playing this way against the Broncos and against the Texans in back-to-back weeks, what do we think is going to happen when they play the Bills or the Bengals or another team like that in the playoffs? We've already seen them play those two teams in the regular season and lose both of those games. So what I'm saying is that I, I absolutely agree with you, Jacob, when you say that these, you know, this team is going to be favored, especially on a neutral field in these matchups. I get it, but I also am tired of sitting here and thinking, all right, this is going to be the week where they're going to get it together. They're not going to turn the ball over and the defense is going to hold because we haven't seen that happen up to this point. Yeah, it's they do win despite it. And they have, you know, they have won for a long time despite it. Um, it's uh, it's what what is unfortunate in it. And I don't know if this is good or bad. They seem to play to their competition either direction, right? Like whatever it is, they're going to play it close. And that's that's just playing with fire, especially when you get to the postseason, right? Like you can't keep doing that or a, or a late Kelsey fumble against the Bengals loses you a game. So it, to me, this issue, the issue for this team is so clearly turnovers. Like if they, if they can play a game down the stretch here or two, um, like what's the over-under – amount of turnovers over the final, what is it, three games. I mean, I, I'm going to put it at, you know, two turnovers in three games would be the over-under that would give me some comfort headed into the postseason if they can do that. Two turnovers, three games. I'd like to see zero turnovers over three games. That maybe is unrealistic with the with the un, you know, the unpredictable nature of a fumble, but 
you know, that's that's kind of where it's at. Let's take a quick break. 869-1240, Chiefs fans. We're going to continue on the Chiefs as we roll through here because I do think uh, they've gotten very interesting down the stretch over the last, you know, few weeks. But we're going to play some of the audio. Jad's got some cuts ready for us. Uh, we'll do that. We'll continue. And we will get to more NFL. We'll get to some college basketball. Big weekend for a couple of the teams we follow closely here. We'll do it all as we roll forward on a Monday on Sports Daily. stand on this christmas song you you um, all about the i feel like this people are either all in or all out i was good with it maybe the first like four thousand times i heard it and, yeah, and but now we've heard i'm every christmas song four thousand times you know I, i'm with you too by the way um i don't love this song like a lot of people do i don't hate it but it's not a traditional Christmas, like when I'm when I'm going through it, I'm like, oh, I gotta hear these Christmas songs. This isn't ever one that makes my list. Now, my wife would differ in her opinion on this. It's fine, it's fine, but it's not. It's not like a must-have for me. Can you name like three other Mariah Carey songs that are non-Christmas songs? I'm actually not a huge Mariah Carey fan. If oh. I had to, this may be Mariah Carey's best song. In my opinion, okay. Um, nothing it's against probably Mariah the only one Carey. You know. Nothing against. It. I mean, I'm sure I know some other ones. So I couldn't name them off the top of my head. Okay. But, you know, I don't. I don't really. I'm a little behind the times technologically. I don't like. I was gonna say I, I couldn't like pull three up on my playlist, but I don't have a playlist. Like I don't. I, I'm. I'm behind. I believe it or not, I listen to a lot of radio, uh, hmm. and that, that's you know what that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a good song. Good good choice, Chad. Love the Christmas music. Hope everybody's having a uh, a Merry Christmas week. All of a sudden, here it is. It's weird when it's on a Sunday because it doesn't feel it, it's going to sneak up on us this week when it's not like on a Wednesday. Then it's real easy to isolate it. But uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope everybody's going to have a happy holiday. All right, let's go through the end of this Chiefs game real quick, and then we'll we'll spend just a little more time, get you some post-game audio uh, and then we can transition into some other things on this Reaction Monday. 869-1240. Let's start with, uh, we'll, we'll, I guess, pick it up when it really counts. The fumble recovery when it looked like, you know, you it they missed the field goal at the end of regulation. And you're like, uh-oh. But then they win the toss. And you're like, ah, oh, they'll be fine. And then, they, and then they don't do what they need to do. And they got a punt. And you're like, oh, God, is this going to be a tie at best? And then this happens. Agunbowale is the running back. The quarterback is Davis Mills. Texans ball at their own 13. Snap the Mills. Looking left. She's trying to pressure. And now Mills will scramble. Gets across the 15. The ball's out. The ball is out. And the Chiefs trying to fight for the ball. Looks like the Texans might have it. They jump on it at the 26. Willie Gay Jr., does he have that football? The Chiefs, they still have not given the signal for the Chiefs. And now they do! Willie Gay Jr. recovers a fumble in overtime at the Houston 25-yard line. Uh, And then, shortly after, uh, you get, uh, apparently in the huddle, Jarek McKinnon saying, I'm going to score, and Juju Smith-Schuster said, just find me, I've got this block for you. And then this happens. McKinnon, the single back. Three receivers in a triangle to the left side. Mahomes 
Hands it off to McKinnon, trying to dart left. 25, 20, downfield block, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City! Terrific run by Jarek McKinnon to win the game in overtime on a 26-yard run. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won the AFC West for a seventh consecutive year. There's a lot of things happening there. Credit to Mitch Holtis, which you heard, you know, on the Chiefs radio network over on KNSS. But, like, it it was such a weird – because it is. Clinching the division – Seven times, I think only three teams have ever done that. Like, there's so much excitement in that. But at the same time, you're like, it's it's more, it's like a sigh of relief. Like, I don't know how else Mitch could call that. Like, oh, thank God, you know, McKinnon's going to break this one loose. The Chiefs <laughs> are going to survive. Like, no, I mean, it's still a division title. It's still another win. It's still an overtime win and all of these things. And it is the NFL and they're really hard. But it was just such a strange uh you know, situational thing where you want to be so excited about that. And clearly the players are right, which is a good thing. But I think for fans, it's like, God, like what just happened and how was that that close? Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think that one thing that I am willing to give credit to Kansas city for is the evolution of their run game. And keep in mind, the Texans have, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So I think, you know, that that can be kind of a given that you're going to have a pretty decent day on the ground. But we had a lot of conversations earlier in the season where it was kind of the the defense was an issue, but then we were also talking about the lack of a running game and what they were going to do. It wasn't working with Clyde Edwards E. Lair. It really wasn't working with anybody. Uh, and all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, you've seen the evolution of Isaiah Pacheco, which we've known for a while. And then Jarek McKinnon had himself a game yesterday. He's had a couple really good games recently, too. Uh, And so that I'm willing to give credit to Kansas City for. The offense seems to be well-balanced and well-rounded. Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball really well, really efficiently. He had five incompletions the entire game. Had the longest stretch of completions in a row that he's had in his entire career yesterday. That's great. And then you add in the wrinkle of two running backs with McKinnon and Pacheco. They run differently, but they both run so well. That is the one area that you're able to look at and say, okay, maybe because of this offense and the weapons that they have, they can overcome a lot of things. We've watched that throughout the entire season. They've got to stop turning the ball over, yes. The defense has got to get better, yes. But, man, the offense is fun to watch right now. It, it is. Um, and, and it is fun to win a division and do all of those things. And I, I, I do think sometimes when your team is really, really good for a long time, we take things for granted. We take for granted that the Chiefs just won the AFC West. Period, end of story, in any year, right? We've seen good teams lose games they shouldn't lose. We've seen the Vikings go down 33 to nothing to the Colts. We've seen the Cowboys struggle against this same Texans team and then lose to the Jaguars. Like the teams that we see the, the Eagles struggled for a long time in their game with the Bears. Like it's it's the NFL. It's hard to do. And we do take winning for granted when your team wins a lot of games over a long period of time. But the Chiefs have just the one Super Bowl here. Right. And, you know, remember when they won that Super Bowl, we were all thinking, God, how many how many Super Bowls is Patrick Mahomes going to win? It's going to be like five, six. And, and I think the smart answer was, you know, two is going to be good. 
Like two's going to be really good. What Tom Brady did is not should not be the you know the the gold standard for what great quarterbacks need to do because nobody does that ever. I mean that's why he's the goat, right? Let's get after the game. Let's talk about that parody because bad teams beat good teams all the time. Andy Reid after the game. You know what? The guys were fired up. I mean, um, that's a hard hitting group uh, football team. They know they our, our team knew they were well coached, and I, I mentioned it to you guys. I mentioned it to the team that. You, you, you can't, in today's world, in the NFL, uh, records, you can't go by the record. Uh, the, uh, the, everything is so close, the parity, and you're off by like a fingertip catch or maybe a penalty or a turnover. I mean, it's just one thing. It's never been where there have never been so many close games as there is right now that have been determined by one score. So, um, you and the tape tells you the story. You put on the tape and... We knew it was going to be a battle. We, we just we felt that going in. And uh, like I said, a well-coached team with, with good players. And so um, it was important that we, you know, we kept going through four quarters. I'll give him well-coached. I won't give him good players, but I'll give him well-coached because uh, they are. Lovey Smith has that team playing hard every week. And they've had some bad weeks, but they've had a lot of competitive weeks. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but but you got the win. And Andy Reid knows that better than anybody. He's been in this league long enough to know you, you don't you just take wins and you love them and you don't and you cherish them, right? You don't take them for granted because they're so hard to get in this league. And the seven straight divisional title, that that is that is remarkable, right? Um Patrick Mahomes talking about the thin margin of victory again in this one after the game. Again, a game that he rebounded very nicely in but still it was tight here's Mahomes yeah I mean early it was for sure um I thought after the first few drives we kind of got it going off offensively a little bit but when you turn the ball over you, I mean it keeps teams in games and that team played hard I mean they have they have some playmakers and they play hard they're well coached um and if you give teams life like that they're gonna they're gonna make it a battle and uh that's why I mean you see in the NFL man no matter what your record is the margin of winning and losing is so small and coach Reed preaches that and I'm just glad that we found a way to win it in the end yeah, I mean, it, and and so I, I think this is good, Tommy, because leave it to us, right? Let us overreact and, you know, nitpick and pick apart these things because for the team, for the coaches, everybody else, they're winning games. Like, do they have things to correct? Of course they do, but they're not losing games right now. And, and you know, outside of two or three teams across the league, everybody else is, right? They can't overcome this stuff. So I, I do think it's a great thing that, like, when I saw the Chiefs win that game and how excited they were to win that game, it did make me worry a little bit less because it, it is sort of a reminder of how much work goes into it. And the fact that the players take nothing for granted is, I think, a really good thing for when these games and we hit January and they really matter the most. Yeah, my final word on this to kind of wrap up my thoughts on Kansas City is that the difference between the Super Bowl year for Kansas City, and this year. When you go through those playoff games, and it happened several different times where Kansas City fell behind in the playoffs, they were able to come back, right? And in all of those games, they put the team away, whether they were playing the Texans or the Titans or the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They fell down early, they came back, roared back, and then put their foot on the throat of the opponent and put them away. Right now, Kansas City, yeah, they're winning these games, but they're having a more difficult time 
putting the teams away. They fell behind against the Texans. They, you know, let the Broncos get back into the game. And then they had a difficult time putting these two inferior teams away at the end. Now they were able to do that, right? They, they won both games, but it was a little bit, um, you had to sweat it out a little bit more. And so if this team intends to go deep in the playoffs, if they intend to get another trophy at the end of the season, uh, they've got to put these teams away. They've got to stop putting the ball on the turf. The defense has got to lock down and they've got to stop committing penalties. Uh, those are the the three big issues that we see right now with this Kansas City team. Doesn't mean the offense can't overcome it. They've been able to do it the entire season, but things get different in January. I'd like to think that they can, but my going back to my original point, I'm tired of sitting here and thinking this is going to be the week that they're going to not be sloppy. This is going to be the week that they're going to be able to put teams totally. away and not turn the ball over. I want to think that they can. But I'm tired of crossing my fingers and hoping that and they will. And we know it because we've seen it, and that's why we pointed out, right? Like, if you come in into the postseason turn the ball over like that, you're going to lose. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. I, and is there time to correct it? Sure. Uh, we're just seeing 14 weeks of it now where they haven't yet, and they're going to need to. Again, two turnovers over the final three games. Keep it at two or less, and I'll feel good going in. But if they keep doing this where they let bad teams hang around— doesn't work against good teams. They'll beat you. 869-1240. Call in. Thoughts on the Chiefs as they wrap up the seventh straight AFC West title. Unbelievable. Um, we can get to that. We will take you around the rest of the NFL when we return on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer This is a Christmas classic. Man, uh, really I get on excited. board with this one, though. Really excited for this time of the year. It's, you know, watching Rudolph and Frosty season and finding the new good ones we watched the new Grinch movie. It's new. It's like five years old now. Whatever the Grinch animated movie was this weekend with the kids, it was a lot of fun. Uh, not much better than just hanging and doing that. Uh, Tommy, exactly, I believe, if my calculations are correct, three games across the NFL this week were decided by more than one possession. Three. Um, that's wild. You had... Games in overtime featuring the Cowboys and Jaguars, Chiefs and Texans. Uh, you had the Vikings Colts go to overtime. You had final possession type wins in the Bills game. Um, the Chargers game, I believe, was a final final uh, time expiring time. I mean, they were everywhere. They were hard to keep up with. Uh, but everybody basically played tight. Uh, Storyline. There's there's too many storylines to just to just comb through. The Lions win again in dramatic fashion over the Jets. The Eagles stay hot. 
you had the the Bengals fall down early to Tom Brady and storm back in the second half. To, it, I, I really do think the Bengals right now, based on everything, may be the most complete team that we're looking at here. Um, but the Bills get their big win over the Dolphins. The Dolphins playing much better because the snow didn't come than most of us thought that they would. Uh, the game last night between the Giants and the Commanders was, you know, in its own unique way, good because the the, the stakes were high and, and the teams had been winning. It was a really solid competitive week across football. And the craziest thing to happen, with all that being said, probably isn't even the Vikings' historic biggest comeback in NFL history, Tommy. It's probably the way the Patriots-Raiders game ended. Yeah, so many different storylines and, and, you know, games that really had a lot at stake that we haven't even really talked about or you didn't even really mention. How about the fact that the Chargers beat the Titans and the Chargers are eight and six now and have a pretty solid chance of making the playoffs as a wild card? Um, so they're right there. And, you know, keep in mind, if Kansas City had lost that game to the Texans, then the Chargers would be right in there in the AFC West race. Uh, and so th there's a lot going on, right? But you mentioned the ending of the Patriots and Raiders. That was wild. I feel bad for Jacoby Myers. Um, you know, they talked about it quite a bit on, I think that it was the pregame show on NBC last night as they were recapping all of that and how great Bill Belichick teams have been historically in situational football. And that was a situational football mistake that cost the Patriots the game. You feel bad for, for him and for the team to lose in that way. Um, but yeah, of course, you go back to Saturday and the historic comeback from the Vikings. The Vikings looked terrible in the first half and then all of a sudden stormed back due large in part to Justin Jefferson, who I've always said is the best receiver in the NFL. Uh, so, so many different things going on. It was a wild week in the NFL. A lot of fun to watch. It, it was just nuts. It was nuts. And, and as we look at all of it, yeah, the Chargers are the team that if your team is in contention, I think that have scared everybody forever, right? That That's sort of the team that, that everybody might be just a little bit afraid of if they're able to get healthy and get in. Um, the Jaguars are all of a sudden white hot, right? And they're kind yeah. of creeping up on on Tennessee there in the division. And there's just a lot of different things happening all at the same time. I don't know who made the biggest statement this weekend. I think it's I think the Lions are in that conversation. Um, I think the Bengals are absolutely in that conversation. They, the Bucks had them dead to rights. They had them down 17-3. to three. Um, And the Bengals did what they needed to do in the second half, and they were efficient, and they were good. And I, I'm beginning yeah. to think, when we look at everything in totality, I, I think the Bengals right now, and they're, and they're probably, what, what is their overall record? They're 10-4. and four. Um, So they've, you know, they've got some games to make up. The Chiefs, of course, with 11 wins, Buffalo with 11 wins, but they could get there. I think the Bengals are the team right now that seem like the best combination of things happening down the stretch for them at one time. Yeah, the Bengals are complete and they're dangerous and the weapons that they have at the wide receiver position. And then, of course, running the football too. Joe Burrow, um, you know, definitely took that team uh, under his wing after halftime and was like, look, we got to get back into this game. Uh, and of course, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They struggled with turnovers, too, just like Kansas City did. It was the back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back turnovers for the Bucks that got you know the, the Bengals right back into the game. They made a big statement. The Bengals did. The Vikings made a huge statement. I think you have to look also 
at a team like the Jaguars knocking off the Cowboys. That's a huge statement win too for Jacksonville. So yeah, a lot of different statement wins this weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Jags now, winners of a couple in a row. They got smoked by Detroit, but one of three of last of their last four, they're starting to groove a little bit. They're going to be interesting because they get the Jets, the Texans, both on the road, then they get the Titans. And I just wonder yeah. how much that game might mean down the stretch there. And, and boy, there have been times in this season where we would have never seen that coming. All right, 869-1240 is the number to call if you want to get with us in the second hour. We'll talk a little college hoops in the second hour, probably jump a little bit back to some of these NFL storylines we saw as well. A lot coming up for you. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. It's Sports Daily on a Reaction Monday. This is 97.5 and 1240 KFH, K248CY Wichita. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.